Welcome to Futile Podcast. Tonight we're just we're just kind of hanging, just getting settled in for the uh, the fall into the winter, little Halloween times. Maybe maybe we'll lay lay down some uh, some scary recommendations. Oh yeah. That's we just watched Cronenberg's uh, Dead Zone, a Stephen King adaptation from sometime in the eighties, probably early eighties, I would guess, but I can never uh, get those dates right. No, let me let me look. Eighty three. Yeah, eighty three was a pretty decent year. Not as good as eighty two, but one of the uh, early uh, screenwriting credits of Jeffrey Boehm. Oh, did he do a lot of other oh, stuff? He did um, uh, Inner Space. Okay. Straight Time, Funny Farm, Last Crusade, Lethal Weapon Two, Three. Mm, Last Crusade is a solid. Um, Briscoe County Junior. Right. Sam uh, Tales from the Crypt episode, The Phantom. Oh, I never saw that. Uh, yeah, he was he was a big he was one of the bigger names in screenwriting for a long time in the in like the eighties and nineties. Well, that's not so bad. So he adapted screen Stephen King's book. Yeah. About where Christopher Walken gets magic, second sight powers, awakened in him after a accident that results in a five year coma. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to say this, and sometimes it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not political, mm-hmm. not politically correct, Uh-oh. and it's not um, to be controversial. Is it about retard[s]? No. Okay. It's um, and I feel this way about Brain Dead, which you you got in on yeah. the end of too. Right. I feel like both these movies, interesting premises, premise, premise, premises. Yeah, sure. Uh, could be remade and done in some cool, interesting ways. Like both could have been more cinematic in, in some ways. Like, and this one especially, like yeah, they both kind of just looked like TV shows. They did, uh, yeah, or like me TV movies. Yeah, uh, with the the music to the, that degree, mm-hmm. and 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 yeah, just like there's not a lot. It doesn't have to be flashy, but like we were, I was we were talking in the last sequence of of Dead Zone, like. It, it doesn't play in, like, a suspense kind of effect that much. It, it hints at it for a second, but then I, it's because I've been watching De Palma stuff lately, too. But I was like, man, if De Palma did this, you yeah, know, then there'd be split screens. Of... And, you know, you'd watch the bullet roll under all the different chairs. And maybe a kid sees it or who knows yeah. what. But it and just doesn't is, mean anything. That was, that was far enough along in Cronenberg's career that he had already done, you know, things with horror tension and yeah in them so that it just seemed like maybe a, i don't i don't know if he did anything else that was like straight up and down but that was just kind of like a a mainstream style movie basically pretty much yeah and, and i don't know if is that the first mainstream style movie he ever did is that his first attempt to just to it might just, be you know what's his what's his uh does he do, was he a jobber on it i i don't remember his whole chronology i know the fly was after this right because the fly was like mid 80s it was not. It was not. It was definitely uh, after '83. Filmography: Dario, Crimes of the Future, Shivers, Rabbit, Fast Company, The Brood, Scanners, Videodrome, Dead Zone. So Videodrome was before Dead Zone. The Fly was '86, three years later. Videodrome was before Dead Zone. Uh, released before. Okay. Dead Zone, yeah. Okay. Yes. I got to revisit Videodrome, but uh, I think but, that still falls in his category of, of certain things. Yeah. This is definitely not hitting on so anyway, a lot of his other. It just kind of seems like it was maybe like a bigger budget thing that was based on a hit book and like his chance to do like a jobber type thing you know probably i mean and 
it's not it's not a bad movie at all. It's just it, there's just nothing remarkable about it. I enjoyed it. It's hard. I was walking. It's hard. It. Yeah. It, it's um, you know, the performance is good and interesting, and it plays in some some weird directions and stuff. It seemed to. It has one of the first things um, chrono- chronologically that I've ever noticed, where somebody asks somebody like, if you could go back in time and kill Hitler, would you? Because it ends up being something that plays into him right. wanting to stop another current guy. And, and I, I had only, I've only, I saw episodes of the, of the show. Was it USA? Yeah. The USA show with Anthony Michael Hall. I only saw random episodes of it here and there. I never really followed it. But I know it was about, you know, uh, the kind of mirrored, not mirrored, but like showing you at the same time the lives of uh, the Johnny guy, and then the Stilson guy, who basically jo- Johnny's premonitions tell him is going to spearhead an apocalyptic event, which is what the whole thing the show was leading up to was while he's doing case of the week type mystery right. things. That's the through line was was the Stilson guy, and this is just kind of straight up and down. He's just a nut, and and you know he's he also has the the vision there. One one way that really shows you how much of a a jobber type thing this might have been for Cronenberg is like when he has the visions they're just normally filmed yeah there's nothing cinematic or remarkable yeah. about that yeah you know, it doesn't get so, gruesome or weird or dream logic-y you know like right. like if, 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 if there's if, not there's not interesting cinematography yeah in, in, or nothing notable nothing remarkable you know the only thing that's, that's vaguely and I think I've heard Guillermo del Toro talk about this like on some horror TV uh, documentary series mm-hmm. or something. But, yeah, back to... Is the uh, the scissor suicide. And it isn't particularly gruesome, but at least right. the idea it's of that is like, oh, that's just yeah. off-putting and strange. And, and you know, there's, there's the little... There's the moments where when he touches people's hands or whatever and then he can guess the thing, there's like... He can have jerks and goes, oh! And then there's like a, always a violin, right? Yeah. Right yeah. then. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, those are the only things that really... I mean, I don't know if that movie would have scared me or not when I was a kid. I don't, I don't you know, I never saw it. I, I think it kind of grossed and creeped me out. I remember it being cold, because it's very cold. It's yeah, effective it's in that way. It's kind of just very... As you, as you pointed out... Um, great, great uh, uh, dress. Christmas, Christmas movie. Kinda yeah, bothered a you. Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you hate per- being uh, tricked by, into watching a, a Christmas movie at a different Out time. of season? Yeah, no kidding, right? But yeah, the fashions were all very brown and mm-hmm. muted and... I do remember that part about it. I think I do remember there being something unsettling about it when I was a kid. I think it was we have that like that that assault. That's that's pretty gruesome. The the rape uh, attack, you know, like it, right. it's quick, but it's but it's it's uh, uh, it's gratuitous, sort of. Yeah, that, that was that seemed definitely gratuitous, not a place kind of like. And I don't know if that was supposed to be. An underage girl. She, they, I guess she worked at a coffee shop, so she had to be more. Adult. That was like, not the one. They didn't the make a point. Was, was fifteen. Was fifteen. Yeah. But this one, yeah, he throws her down the gazebo and rips open her shirt in a kind of pointless, gratuitous. Scene. Yeah, I mean, I appreciated it. I love it. See, I didn't. I remember not appreciating it as a kid because, as as you all know, when you're a kid, you're gaming the system when there's yeah. no internet and everything, and then yeah. the people listening now won't know. You're just, you're just like, well, you know, yeah, you rent a movie because you, you know it's going to be scary movie but maybe you'll get some some hooters but then when you get who when you get what you thought you wanted in a way you didn't want it then it's more unsettling and disturbing and i do actually remember that about it i'm like 
Well, yeah, but that's not how I want. That's right. not how. That's not how I, I don't want my Hooters in a rape and murder. This situation. wasn't. This wasn't what I signed up for. Dead Zone. Uh-huh. So, how old were you when you saw it? And you remember? I, I, I have. I saw it down here, in mm-hmm. the in the in the den in the bar back when this we had a, a couch down here. Uh, probably like fourteen or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, like prime Hooter watching age. No, let's see. I mean, maybe like, a little younger can, than I mean, that. I can tell you that, like, when I was thirteen or whatever, and my mom first showed me like Blade Runner, you know, uh, that is so weird. Your mom would show you yeah, that movie, I know. <laughs> yeah, but, and she was like, "You'll you'll love it," you know. And I don't know. She seemed to have an idea that it was something that people needed to see. But uh, you know, there's 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 Hooters and that. Right. It's, you know, it's and same sort of thing. It's a it's a replicant being shot to it's death. Joanna you know, Cassidy. I can I I remember seeing things like that and being like not aroused. Of oh, course, yeah, absolutely not. There's no you know reason why you would. But I mean, now in my adulthood, I'm I know they're just filming a movie, right. so it's okay to marvel and appreciate well, at the Hooters, m- even, maybe, if, even yeah. if it's mid rape scene. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Your apology is yeah. noted yeah. then. Yeah, you know, I I mean there's there's all the makings of a, a decent thing there and it's not bad and I think it's it's such well-worn territory by now that maybe it's notable to say that, you know, this was I mean probably a pretty unique idea when Stephen King came up with it and now there's been all these different, you know, yeah. that was the first adaptation and then there was the TV show adaptation and there's been many other things. I'm sure the TV show many gets more into the book too since it, you know, sense those things where people like, oh, you touch something and see the future. The and medium. See this. And, and, there's and, tons and of the them. one yeah. with Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah, it's yeah, probably right. why they made the TV show version sure. because that show was so popular. Yeah. What was that called? Uh, Ghost Whisperer. Yes, that's right? what it was yeah, called, yeah. huh? Oh my gosh. But uh, whatever happened to her? Uh, she's on that 911 show. Yeah, I know you did last summer movies. You know, she always, it's funny, uh, Kristen Stewart, I mean, they don't look alike or anything like that, but they have very similar acting styles, I've been noticing. Like, Interesting. Because <laughs> they're both very kind of squinty oh, and right, yeah, jerky the, the, and the, like... The, the quiet thing. Well, not just that, it's like how they show they're upset about something is by doing lots of ticks and squints and sure, staggered yeah. breathing. bag tricks. It's a little much. And and I, I have seen Kristen Stewart in roles that I appreciate her in now, like Personal Shopper and stuff like that, but aside from that, I've just always just... Her acting is, just strikes me as laughably bad. But when you're in movies like I Know You Did Last Summer compared to things that are supposed to be like Oscar bait type things then it's, like, forgivable, you know? It's okay for someone to act that way if they're just in some B-movie schlock. But anyway, why yeah. didn't we start talking about her? Because we were talking about the idea of how Dead Zone was maybe cutting edge at the oh, time, sure, yeah, but then right, they made right. more TV shows anyway, and stuff. yeah, uh, so... And it, so it's, like, it's got a lot going on. It does. But, but yeah. it all feels like... It's not bad at all. In I, a I weird was... way, like, the first half's, like, a good pilot to a TV show. Kind because of, yeah. cause the book must have had a lot more to do with things you can see are hinted at in the movie. And I think that may be the thing. Like, maybe it was really one of those eras when more people were reading, so they really would make these movies as kind of, like, fan service to the books in a lot of ways. Because, right. like, you can see there's references to a lot of, like, Christian stuff in yeah. in his house. Yeah, like, right. so his mom was a his big... Because yeah. she's got, like, the, the, the passages written right. or, or, you know, yeah. on... Um, embroidered or something. Here and there when and so I'm sure that was a big part of the book. The the relationship with the young boy, they kind of don't really do much with that at all. It's just there, but it, it, they never right. show, like, the breakthrough that allows him to talk to this kid who's gotten all isolation. The relationship with the doctor who seems to be, like... That's the one thing I did remember really liking in the, in the right. when I saw it when I was young. 
younger. It's like yeah, they have, they have a good friendly. And this guy is like this guy like cares and is it's, like trying uh, to help Her- him. Herbert Lom, who's yeah. who's the uh, detective inspector and later superintendent. Um, who hates Inspector Clouseau and the Pink Panther movies and eventually becomes, like, uh, a character who um, uh, is, like, driven mad. <laughs> of and course. And becomes, like, he's trying to blow people up and kill people because of oh Clouseau, gosh, you know? Been it's all played as complete, abs- you know, right, absolute yeah, farcical parody stuff. But he was great in those movies, and it was kind of weird to see him play a straight role. He was in um, original uh, Lady Killers, Oh, okay. That's one of the first things I, I well that I with know. Alec Guinness, yeah, Alec Guinness, and I think Sellers was Sellers in that a little bit. I too? don't know. I never saw. I, it. I don't know if he was had a small part in it or not. It's been a while since I've seen it. But anyway, he was good. Herbert Long was good, and Walken was was good. It's it's weird for me to see. Sometimes I forget that he was like an actual actor and not just now. It's like kind of gimmicky comedy stuff. I feel like when you see him, yeah. or he's playing someone menacing. Right. Yeah. So it's weird to think that there were ever roles where he was just like. A protagonist, a lead guy, but you could tell that even then, like he, he's a choice, you know, like he's a Michael Keaton Absolutely to play Batman kind of choice. He's, he's not a, a leading choice. man, yeah. you know. He's kind of off looking and off acting the whole. Yeah. Even at the very beginning, in the first scene when he's reading reading the poems yeah, to the students, the you're yeah, like, poem, this is yeah. weird. <laughs> and they do hint at him like having some second sight power for a split second before he gets in the accident. Yeah, so that was I don't kinda, know what that's well, all about. I'm not you know? sure if that was just something they tried to carry over from the book because I think in the book I read that. He he bonked his head while he was ice skating or something when he was a kid, and that's the first time he had mm. a premonition. Then they just got, got you know bigger and bigger since then. But they had something to do with that's why they show him have a headache. You know, he yeah. has a headache on the roller coaster in the very beginning, and they didn't they didn't do much with the headache thing. Eventually, his doctor tells him that he has figured that as he uses the power. It's like killing him, which is what's been giving him the headaches and stuff like that. It never come out and say it's like a brain tumor or anything no. like that. But anyway, they, I don't think it wasn't bad at all. It's just not. It's just not. It's unremarkable. It's unremarkable. It's not much to say about it in terms of you know, especially considering that it's Stephen King, it's Cronenberg. Those those two things right there. Not actually. No, I mean something being Stephen King is usually the sign that it's going to suck. Most right, that, that's where I wanted to go next. Yeah. Is if we we're going to talk about more scary movies, and I'll let you finish your thought. But well, then I was we just could... going to say that you know, it, the, it being just decent anyway is probably a success in Cronenberg's part because I feel like King's stuff doesn't adapt well. And, and who, what's the most who famous... knows who knows what happened behind the scenes on this with that's Dino true. De Laurentiis? Maybe he took sure, it away yeah. from Cronenberg and. You know, it got hacked up, and I, I can, I can, because you can see things where it's like, okay, that didn't really go anywhere. What was this? You know, it feel, it feels a little patchwork. Well, in none some of ways. it felt like like uh, failures in storytelling. Not necessarily. Like none of it felt like that. It just felt like a very standard, straight up, safe, yeah, thing. There was there wasn't any sort of like you know. Oh, it, it dipped into melodrama in places yeah, too, which is where it did feel like a TV movie. You know, like yeah. we don't have we don't have time to develop this, but. Here, he, he's friends with this kid now, you know, and like, okay, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I was going to say, in terms of the, like sticking to horror, because I think I think a few key, King adaptations, like Shawshank Redemption, Stand By Me, that are the non-horror kind of things, are, are objectively considered pretty good. At least I like they're well, both Well, so good. Stand By Me, I mean, there are, there are things that happen every once in a while, but like... But, but what, about, what about straight up terms scary up movie, scary yeah. Horror, the most successful film adaptation is probably... The new the sh- It? Well, until then, was The Shining. Right. But that's one that deviates right. from the source material to the point that King hates it and rails against it. Well, and King, King, King. I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, 
but listening to King on Eli Roth's podcast, King's whole point is that, and I agree with this, honestly, is that I think Jack Nicholson was maybe not the right casting because Jack Nicholson reads as menacing and kind of, uh, 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 you know, out of whack from the beginning. So there's no real, like, did descent for that character you're kind of afraid he's going to snap at the beginning that, and mean, that seems to be what his one of his primary issues is with is the movie such, oh I mean, yeah of course there, there are a handful a of directors thing, yeah. who ever lived who everything they make is just it's it's gilded it's just like it's powerful and incredible and cinematic and gorgeous and you can't see something that they made without looking at it in awe and one of them is Kubrick. He's one sure. of a handful of sure. the greatest ever. So, like, but he puts such an interesting. Everything is an interesting angle and choice. And I, I don't, I don't. All those things people point out about it, how he's, he's. There's never a descent into madness, et cetera, et cetera. I don't care. Yeah, and I it's don't still care. Still creepy. I it's don't still, care. It's, it's still, absolutely still you know, creepy. And I don't care that there's no hedge monsters yeah, either. I'm, I'm glad there's probably, no hedge it's monsters. It's probably better than it's there are. way yeah. better that there's no hedge monsters. Um, but yeah, and so that's a good point. That's the most. I mean, a lot of people yes, have pet now, cemetery. Now pointed, sure, but now you pointed out, you know, it did really well, and so there's other successes. And of course, the other things are generally his non-horror type things, and even those have a little. But they usually have some sort of supernatural angle to them, and or there's something kind of, of creepy. Yeah, in terms of just horror, I mean, The Shining is, is so successful. Even if you don't want to call it horror, right? I know some people don't. They'd rather say it's a some sort of thriller or a drama, or which something is like horseshit. That. Like you know, like let's be honest. Silence of the Lambs is a horror movie. If if you know what, like let's live in. The, I want to live in the. So? I want to live in the world where there's like is it, is there's five genres your, uh, at your. Is this at your, like when you made up Outlaw Hero? No, okay. there's five genres in your mm-hmm. local rental place that you go into. And, like, I'm sorry, you can have subcategories. I will give you subcategories, but let's stop trying to, like, pretend that something that is. I mean, like, Silence of the Lambs well, would be the most extreme. That it's, I, let me hear you explain to me why that's not just a thriller. Not just a thriller? Yeah. Well, because cause what makes something a whore? Does it have to have a monster? Is the, is the first Friday the 13th a horror, or is it. it a psychological thriller? Because it's a slasher, but there's no magic yet. There's no, like, the first Halloween, the first Friday the 13th. If there's a certain level of... Of, like, what, exploitation? So it comes down to, like, the budget? Violence, but there's lots, of, there's lots of PG horror movies. And there's, so. lots of, and there's lots of thrillers that are incredibly gruesome and violent. Silence well, of the Lambs would be say, one of them. I was going to say the combination of that with which stuff right. that's supposed to just terrify you you know i think if you break it down what you ultimately r- arrive at is that there's a certain degree I mean, of ar- artistic artistic pretense subjective thing, yeah right? it's like saying well horror is kind of this exploitative there's i never once considered i've never just never once considered silence of the lambs as anything other than because it's a but it's scary it's a, but it's a it's a fbi procedural sure you know, type thing with like, you know, but the first time you see that with the night vision at the end, like, are you as scared as you would be watching pumpkin head? You know, you're less, more scared of pumpkin head than the proceed because it's procedural. You're like, pumpkin head too. blood wings. wings. Yeah. With Roger Clinton. Yeah. Roger Clemens, Roger Clinton, (laughs) Bill's brother. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, you're certainly entitled to that opinion. I, I just don't. I'm not sure if I believe that that anyone. Can well, I, I, I mean, I don't even know that I hold it to. Other people say call no. it a horror. 
No, I, I mean, that was a big thing on that and the Eli Roth podcast, because they were pushing for this, like, you know, hey, come on, fuck you with your pretense about, like, let's not even call it a horror movie because it's going to get an Oscar. Let's, like, oh, did they, sell it did in they a different point way. It out? Did they yeah, they absolutely make a point of that. Who, who, which conversation was I think it? it's a couple different conversations. Huh. I mean, all of these horror guys have always felt somewhat slighted, you know, like, oh, well, you know, and then if it's, a, like, Rosemary's Baby or something. It's, and I think that they're, I think we all can agree if we're talking about like good horror, can have all kinds of supernatural monster bullshit in it. But it, but the thematic stuff is the best. I feel like without without that, not better without it. But like it, it has to be good aside from that already. You know what's interesting? So in the past few years, there's been these, you know, the super, horror renaissance. Well, this, right, and a lot of it has to do with the super low budget stuff. It follows, which is definitely supernatural. Oh, I was going to watch that soon. Uh, have you ever seen it? Yeah, I own it. I was going to rewatch it. Right. So, I mean, that's definitely supernatural. Um, But then there's things like, you know, Year Next that came out. And and that was, when I first heard about it, it was told to me that it was a horror. And then it has all these best of and the end of the year horror type things. But it's not a horror film. There's nothing supernatural in it. It's it's kind of just a thriller. Not, I keep saying just like it's a negative. It's not a negative at all. And like The Guest and like, you know, all those are basically thrillers and i and i so maybe for me the line i think is it's just, beneficial to have the distinctions because if it's it, just a person killing yeah. people then maybe it's just a thriller until it comes to something where they can't be killed and then it's horror you know i mean it's definitely something supernatural to halloween and friday sure. the 13th and you know I obviously agree. nightmare on elm street those are all right you know in some way supernatural and they're about like an unstoppable idea of something that can't be killed that's coming after you no matter what and you know so maybe maybe that's i mean it's all it's all bullshit it's all nomenclature which horror has to in my mind has to be super i think there had there's a degree of that that's very very true or it has to hint at it or has to get so deep in the psychology but then you could talk about things that are real but that are so gross like i mean i was just thinking of like, I've never seen it, so I'm a little out of school here, but Eli Roth's Cabin Fever is about people that get, like, a, a flesh-eating disease, right? So maybe that yes. disease is so, made up, but but that that kind of thing could happen. Like, that's a disease. Yeah. Like, and, so so and is, right like, out, is Outbreak a horror movie or a thriller? No, you're right you know? about that. I mean, and, and, and since Cabin Fever uses horror tropes uh, filmically in every other way, even though it sidesteps a supernatural thing, you're right. It is a horror film. I mean, so yeah. Right. I mean, there's there's way there's exceptions for sure. And then, like, so I just rewatched Rose, Rosemary's Baby, and that's a perfect movie uh, in terms of being I mean, that's be, being supernatural, being affected. Well, it, but it's all done in the dream for the most part. But She's, the point is that's that's thematically something. Oh, absolutely. Through. Yeah, you yeah. Know, just yeah. because something actually is in the real world and it's only hinted at or dreamed about or something like that doesn't mean that the supernatural through line isn't there i mean sure. it's about the devil you know right and it's and it's about and it's about uh you know solitude and mm-hmm. all kinds of things. i mean that's that's where a good horror is like you talk about it it follows and it they always have to kind of hit hit on some kind of solid theme about legitimate fear that people have in their lives you right. know like it follows is about literally like how your choices follow you in terms of right. like like sexual partners or something i mean it and there's a lot to unpack there if you want to get into all of it you know but. I've, I've listening to the the going back and listening to the film junk guys talk about it follows was pretty informative because by the time they got into the spoiler stuff at the end 
Yeah, yeah I've just, got that downloaded to rewatch. Yeah. Um, talk about it. I mean, I've I've seen the movie like four times now. And oh I've wow! Read, I you know I've read reviews and essays about it and things over the years, but they they just brought up some really kind of simple, interesting points about uh, Sean in particular t- talking about you know what it what it could just mean in a very simple way. Yeah, and it was kind of eye opening to me that uh, <clears throat> I don't know some things I hadn't considered about it, but I I think that is I know it's kind of. Uh, passe or trite to say at this point but that that is truly just the most simple and effective horror film that i've seen in decades i mean it's sure it's, in, in my mind it's it, you know it's one of the best if not the best horror film i can think of or my favorite yeah you know it, it's um i would i mean i've only seen it once dustin and i watched it mm-hmm. And then he like because because I owned it and then I bought it blind. Now did and you then, blind and then, buy it after you heard good things? Though, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was, it, it I had, wouldn't have known the blind. It yeah, had hype. well, no, I, I think I listened to the film junk podcast about oh, okay. it. And I mean, I mean like, I'm, I'm getting into all the film junk stuff late, so I, yeah. I actually enjoy it this way because I don't, I wouldn't go to them for. Um, you listen to it enough, you can start to to get a sense of when they're all. I wouldn't, on, like, I wouldn't listen to them about something that I hadn't seen. Well, sure, but but they're, they're so I'm skipping everything that I haven't. They're, seen. They're pretty good about the spoiler thing. I, but I don't like that though. I, I listen to them before the spoiler parts. Well, I understand so that I, too. That's the whole like thing. like I like I decided not to go see it too because I just listened to even the non spoilers about it. And I'm like, oh, this sounds like I'll sit sit home and watch it when it's on HBO in March, but I'm not gonna go sit there for three hours <laughs> like i'll enjoy i could see myself enjoying what it what it sounds like it is much much better when i'm at home um but but yeah though no, it um that's but dustin rewatched it like he like watched it two nights later after that because he, he again oh really that soon after that, yeah because huh? he enjoyed it we so much about, yeah well he 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 likes good good horror for sure but you know what's funny is that around that same time is when i mean the ty west stuff was made before that and then you've got um, and then soon after, I guess, was uh, Robert Eggers and um, uh, Ari Aster's first films. So that's part of the whole. Well, who did the witch? Thing. Was that, that Eggers? Was Eggers, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that'd be your trifecta. Would be sure. Yeah. Uh, it follows, and the witch, and then Hereditary. Yeah, or, maybe, maybe it, so. I mean, that, you got like and the guest it, and it other shit. Sure, throw but, but, but sure. So the guest and your next. Um, are both ones that were lumped in there with those, and they're and they're very good, effective movies. I'm particular, but there's really no like monster the supernatural no right. type thing, so they're they're kind of just, but it's just basically a renaissance of good, cheap, you know, thriller slash right. horror type things, you know, and and those will always be in style as long as you have good writing. The guest, I really enjoy. It's just super effective and and fun, and you know, it's and it's not it's definitely not scary. I mean, the the things that the guy does are frightening. As that Dan Stevens character does are kind of frightening and, but in a weird slow burn kind of way. Yeah, but in a way where you're like you're kind of like on his side almost. You well, know? I, yeah, they, I think I, I saw it in a weird context, and I've only seen it once. Where I, I wasn't sure how it was going to go because I, I didn't know it was going to go like this guy's a crackpot and, he, and he's evil, and I was kind of disappointed. I thought it was going to go more like this guy's actually going to help this family, right. but he's going to be in kind of a like. Charles Bronson, you know, vigilante sort of, sort of justice help, and it hints at that at the beginning, and then he just decides to go full nutbag, and I'm like, right. oh, I didn't know that was what this was gonna do, and I, maybe I would have enjoyed it more for just being simply what that is. Well, when you think of horror, like what's right, what's your very top of the heap? Like I, I, you know, we already brought up The Shining, but when I when I think of horror, I think of you know The Thing, sure. Shining, and like Alien. 
which I feel like is still a horror film. It's sci-fi. Right. It's also a thriller, but I feel like it's it's at its bare bones a horror film. Um, and, you know, those are the top of the heap for me when I think of even the genre. Yeah, it's tougher for me probably because I'm kind of coming back around after being away, being away from it for a while. And I would never claim to be a big, a big, a big huge horror guy. One I saw recently, well not recently, recently, probably about a year ago... And our buddy, fellow futile podcaster, uh, Rocco just watched it, mm-hmm. is the, um, I think it's 76 remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers with Donald Sutherland. And I was blown away by that. Like, not really? blown away, blown away, but I've been getting into 70s stuff lately. Yeah. But have you seen it? Uh, I haven't. I, and, I mean, I Well, I won't necessarily spoil not, anything, but... It just, well, it does, it's not an interesting premise It's me, It's so. a very scary... I get you, like, when you're like, oh, yeah, McCarthyism, everyone's not thinking... I've seen the original but, one. But, right, yeah, that's kind of eye-roll and whatever. But the way that it sort of executes some of this stuff... I might have to watch it. It's, it's worth watching. I would recommend it. Um, it's just... It starts, in a way, with some cool photography and basically just, like, says, okay... This thing, you know, like if in if an extraterrestrial infectious agent did end up on Earth and then started to just take over through like its own biological process, right. what? How would it go? How would it be for people? I think like like it's it's a it's an apocalyptic movie, and so those movies are are effectively scary mm-hmm. to me. The mm-hmm. thing is effectively scary in that way too because it's so sparse. Though it's such a such a like manly survival thriller kind of thing too that there's a I almost see that as like it's not an action movie but like it, it doesn't really scare me. It kind of grosses me out and it kind of I mean John, like, all John Carpenter's movies skirt a line between yeah. something and something else. None of them I think are just pure horror. Right, yeah. And know? even even Prince of Darkness has a lot of goofiness in it, yeah. but that that core idea John, John of Carpenter's films are their own thing. Yeah, of yeah, like the si- the science behind like the devil and yeah. or whatever, like yeah, of yeah. like antimatter yeah, yeah, matter and all yeah, extraterrestrial that. Jesus and stuff. Like that stuff to me is like weirdly like ooh, that is scary. I mean, like you can creep yourself out. Whatever I can, you know, just be walking around and in the dark and be like, uh, what is it? Like there could be something behind me, you know. <laughs> um, the witch really scared the hell out of me living in the woods. I mean, <laughs> uh-huh. the idea that. You know, because when I when I first started watching it, I didn't. You know, eventually it tips its hand, and it's like, oh no, no, there's really something creepy going mm-hmm. on in the woods here. There's like somebody took her baby, right. like took that baby. Right. It's not just like playing around with maybe she drowned it and had a hysterical blindness or what, you know. And it's you know, it's not like some something like that. But I am kind of a like sucker for supernatural horror. I think you know where like there is a monster, there is something that it can just shred you. And destroy you, and or something like the apocalyptic thing, where it's like there's a malevolent force that's taking over, and there's moments where people like almost could win if they just figured this out, but then they right. don't, or you know, there's the fake out and all that. Things about transformation and and, and all of that. I mean, that's what a lot of good werewolf movies are. I just watched American Werewolf in London again. Which I, th- I, I I hate to say it, but I find it kind of dull in some ways, and I, it does have, have weird humor I, to I it too. I go back to it. I go back to like it. you, like you force it's feed it. Yeah, you want to try not, to not like because it, it's yeah. it's considered seminal, which it is. But I just I'm always like, well, you know what? I appreciate practical effects, and I, you know, there aren't so many werewolf movies, or there didn't used to be compared to right. vampire and zombie and stuff like that. So it's still like a unique enough thing. But every time I'm done with it, I'm just like, eh. 
Yeah, exactly. Just, I just feel like it doesn't do enough with it. It's so it's so bogged down in this guy not wanting. To, it's the metamorphosis thing. Yeah. It's, it's the fly thing. It's the guy not wanting to turn into this thing, and then he does anyway, and then he dies. You know, and he like, has his own. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so you're. It, it is kind of. Kind of, it's more about the personal struggle of the guy who, but know, but but it's got this of, instead of something else to it. And there's no there's no plot beyond that. Also, it's just like, right. oh no, I'm turning into a werewolf. I don't want to. And then he there's does, a bit of he, there's a bit of investigation with the doctor, yeah. but but it's kind of like t- just telling you stuff you already know. So right. that's not that interesting. You don't learn more about like a lore to it. And I think it might have been one of the earlier things. Obviously, with um, what's his name directing Jonathan Landis. Yeah, Landis. That that uh, you know it had. It had tinges of humor and stuff. It did. So that might have been a unique thing at the time. All of the songs having moon or wolf or whatever in it. So there's there's the, yeah, the humor combo platter there plays really strangely in some places. It makes it unique, but it... But I mean, that's kind of a big thing now. You know, Shaun Shaun of the Dead was a huge thing, and the Zombieland movie was a huge thing. And I mean, those, those are... I don't know if you could call Zombieland horror at all. I don't know that you could call too many zombie movies horror. Honestly, because they just become kind of like so, so it's supernatural, but but it's but it's just it's just the survival know, thing I mean, a lot of times. Think that 28 I think days later is a horror. It has bits, later. yeah. 20, 20, 28 days uh, has bits. I think by weeks it gets to be more survival. I think that zombie kind of can start in horror, and then it just becomes okay. Now we got our group, and we know that this is a Dawn of the Dead is is great. Oh yeah, oh, Dawn of the Dead has some movie. scary bits, it's, and it, it is definitely a I haven't seen it in a long time, but but that's definitely. I remember watching good. Night of the Living Dead the first time I saw it, and just being like, I think I just didn't understand. I was probably young enough that I I watched it and I was like, it looks shitty, it's not <laughs> interesting. Uh, really, it's just kind of like you know, almost almost. I mean, it follows the same group of people, but almost like vignettes about zombie stuff happening, and and it's like. I don't know. I mean, it, I understand that it is seminal and so uh, but it's not as powerful as Day of the De- or Dawn of the Dead, Return of the Living Dead. You like that? Oh, one? the that Dan O'Bannon kind of, comedy yeah, thing. Comedy. Oh, it's absolutely right? like parody comedy. You know, I rewatched that uh, about a year ago, and um, people really dig that one too. But I also remember the first time I saw it not being impressed. Yeah, I had some nostalgia for it as a kid because it was kind of that co- combo of. You know, it's scary-ish, but it's more goofy, funny, and there's, like, kids in it and teenagers and, you know, punks and stuff, and it's very 80s. Um, I, I was less intrigued by it when I rewatched yeah. it recently, or a year ago. I was like, it's got some funny bits, but I don't know. I started past yeah. falling asleep right. and stuff. <laughs> Horror has a particular spot in my heart just because when I first decided I wanted to get it into something creative for a living or, you know, for my passion in life... It was really had a large part to do with uh, Evil Dead and um, the Peter Jackson movie uh, Dead Alive, Dead Alive, right? Or Brain Dead, as right. it's called over there, but with this, a different Brain Dead. And those, uh, especially Evil Dead Two, which is you know, I, which I prefer. I guess it's maybe not as scary, but both those both also you know Dead Alive and the Evil Dead Two have a lot of comedy in them as well um at this point i'm sick of the whole sam raimi comedy horror thing like i don't i don't appreciate any more comedy and horror being mixed it's just taking too much of the edge off the horror in my mind and and like i don't know it's it's just not as it's 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 very it's very tough to 
to combine certain genres and like it's tough to like laugh and then all of a sudden be like I scared mean, but people love it you know and they love action comedies they love you know well sure i mean I, somewhat but I, I feel like those things have had their better times than they do now they're more like uh I don't know. Well, this is they're more refined this or is something. A different era. Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. Nothing's even going to get made unless it's four quadrants. an accidental hit or it's uh, you know a remake or sequel or whatever. But uh, anyway, so the so in terms of horror, you know, I'm adding to my list here. So there was the seminal things for me were Thing, Alien. I mean, there's there's a lot of John Carpenter movies, but I have to keep it to one. It would just be the thing. No one's making you keep it to uh, one. But but in terms of ones that I just think of off the top of my head first, well, sure, and, yeah. then, and then you know, being eleven or twelve and seeing Evil Dead Two and Dead Alive, right? Being wowed by the filmmaking. That's maybe the first time I noticed the filmmaking and the and okay. and the camera and the movement and the direction and and made me get excited. For the idea of doing that, you know, and that was it was those movies. So maybe they weren't as scary, and maybe maybe it, them having the comedy thing in there is what allowed me to see that rather than just be horrified the whole well, time. Def- yeah, know? definitely gives you an entry point. I mean, as a kid, like I I enjoyed things like Waxwork Two, Waxwork in Time, <laughs> because because it's sort of this pastiche of of different genres, and it's not just. I was always, I was always like, like, or even Gremlins as a little kid, you know, like, oh, this is kind of, and then you turn it around and it, now this is funny. Right. This is funny. Now, hooray. I feel that great relief sure, that, sure, that sure. it's no yeah. longer a scary movie. I can laugh at it. And I, I mean, like, if you want to get all big picture, like, that's just like the cathartic effect of being alive, right? You have, you go into something anxious about something. Yeah. And then when all of a sudden something turns around about it and you're like, oh, no, this is fine. We can laugh about this. Oh, yeah. It's I mean, not that big com- a deal. Coming you know? out of a movie that you had, you know, you know, you know yeah, it's a benign, benign, benign tumor you on your toe. Sure, you, know? you feel like, uh, you know, uh, not joy but like you know a rush like right. adrenaline like oh that was which amazing. is interesting yeah. when you when you look at like the apocalypse ones and stuff where it's like shit ends and it's like that's bad i guess the i guess the cathartic effect is that you're like well that was pretend and the world is still here right. and things are not actually that bad as much as people might want to complain about who's in power or whatever else is going on right. that that goes on forever things well wax and wane and they shut forget, the power down never and forget <laughs> that as a white male you are not qualified to say that things aren't that bad that's that's true well things aren't that bad for me there you go and that's what i mean when i ever <laughs> when i voice anything in context of anything else um but yeah so i mean you kind of wonder like they all have different value i guess in that respect you mm-hmm. know when it's just like oh this is the world's over monsters are everywhere yeah um definitely yeah the shining was a big one for scary and then yeah so added to that you know with those other two was the shining this which is huge for me and i'm i'm trying to think of i mean other ones off the top of my head and that's that's it those are the ones that just come to me right you know? yeah so i mean if, if i think deeper about it the genres i'm sure the other ones will, you know, appear and be like, well, there's that and there's this and there's that. But, you know, in terms of like vampire and this and that thing, which I don't know if there are any vampire movies. I, I really like uh, that uh, Catherine Bigelow one. Oh, Near Dark? Yeah, I really I really enjoyed that. Um, 
But that's almost like not a horror film. Not really. It's got a coming-of-age after-school yeah. special quality to it, which is probably the weaker part. It's got kind of a weird kind of like postmodern western yeah, element to it. Yeah, kind of like a cowpunk type. Yeah, cowpunk. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cow we can, punk, yeah. that's the thing. But, you know, I was thinking about it, too. Uh, I just well, I recently watched uh, Herzog's uh, Nosferatu, you know, mm-hmm. his, right. his Dracula movie. And there's some pretty creepy music and, and bits in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm trying to think, and I'm like, I don't know how many vampire movies I find all that scary. Which is because, like, Bram Stoker's Dracula yeah. isn't scary. No, I mean, there, there, there's it's, monstrous moments that are very, kind of. It's very broken. That maybe are kind of scary, but, but yeah. yeah. I, I, I love it. It's a great oh, movie. Oh, yes, Every time I watch notch. it, it's, it's, it's a masterpiece better to me. But, but yeah, it's not particular. I mean, a lot, many times it's, like, funny. Yeah, well, you know? yeah. Yeah, when he licks the bullet, yeah, the, yeah. the razor and, just, and stuff. I mean, the weird stuff he does with like the uh, the iris in. Oh and yeah, out yeah, and, yeah. and you know, there's a lot of filmmaking things in it where it's like, man, it's fascinating that he's shooting this like a uh, kabuki play or something. Right. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. He uses a lot of old old school special yeah. effect techniques and stuff. It's a very it's very great. But yeah, I mean, okay, maybe. Yeah, because Herzog was like shooting like maybe parts of it like in a real old castle at night with the creepy music, and you're just like, that's just cold and scary and creepy. Like that right. just on its own does the work, you know? Yeah. Like, like I can scare the shit out of myself just walking like five minutes up into the woods right now. Sure, it's cold, it's sure, dark. Yeah. There's sounds and things, and it's just like, well, I don't know, I don't know, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> I mean. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I think a lot of a lot of scary stuff. Certainly, if you're talking about like being a kid, maybe comes down to moments in in things like Indiana Jones and the guy gets his heart pulled out in Temple of Doom. That's scary, creepy. You have to turn sure. away. Yeah. Or uh, the servant of the nothing in uh, Neverending Story. This mm-hmm. monster that just is in a cave, and then it you know lightning strikes and it runs and it's chasing him, and it's like that's scary. Like that's probably like as a little kid scare goes like. That that that's still kind of scary because it's an animal, yeah. you know. It's like a giant, like fucking wolf monster. Right, like you right. know, if it you, <laughs> those things, you know, I don't want one of those jumping on me. Well, you know, so I've I've been going back and you know, uh, this this has nothing to do with it being you know close to Halloween and all all the you know the whole idea of horror movies and anything. But for some reason, a couple weeks ago, I got it in my head that I really wanted to go back and watch some Japanese horror films that I had neglected to watch and had only watched the American remakes like The Ring and The Grudge and stuff like that. And so I'm going back and re-watching the original ones. And um, they're so simply shot, but the, the, the tropes they came up with for the horror elements, just slow motion people crawling down stairways at, at you with their eyes open wide, unstopping, with noises coming with it, it scares the sh- I mean, it's very, yeah, it's very unsettling. Unsettling and disturbing. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, there there was, you know, it's, it's funny, too, because, like, you think of, like, gosh, uh, the tricks of the trade in terms sure. of, of film techniques, and, like, you know, in The Grudge, the, the Sarah Michelle Gellar one, it's like, they set up some sort of something, so there, so there could be hands coming through her hair as she's... Uh, washing her hair right. in the shower, and you see hands coming out of her hair. And in the original, where that shot came from, 
it's very clearly the person's just putting their hands up through the bottom of her hair. Like you can mm-hmm. almost tell, like that's how they shot it. But that's and still creepy. It's absolutely creepy, and it's it, it works. But it's like everything in it is practical. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most frightening things the entire movie is this girl is hiding in her bed because she is freaked out by the things she sees, and she feels like something's moving under her covers, and she pulls the covers up and looks down, and there's this woman's face right there looking up at her, and it's just shocking, and, like, it's not really played as a jump scare, but just absolute horror, you know? And it's just the effectiveness of people's faces being where you don't expect them, and not jump scares where, like, you turn around and there's something there. Not, Not that kind of stuff, but just, like, just kind of, you know, a very calm pan or cut over to where you see that someone's standing there five yeah. feet away you know and like pointing that, at them or something that, like that. i That's think like to me really is simple haunted house type yeah it's stuff, it's the, you know? the anti-jump scare stuff i think is the more scary stuff it's like in hereditary when like you see in the corner that there's somebody right. like, oh, yeah, see, yeah, like, yeah. climbing and you're like yeah, yeah. did i see that okay is that right. what's going yeah, on that is a very oh, effective, oh that's yeah. that's uh that's not great i don't like that but i i I don't know. I mean, I there there came a time when I just didn't care about you know. Obviously, your you know you ebbs and flows of of what types of films you're interested in watching at any given time. And for a while, you know, I only want to see cop movies or I only want to see detective movies. Seventies heist see, movies, yeah, man. Sure. Yeah, but you, but you know, like I'm totally back on the just wanting to see every horror movie. I mean, ones that I haven't seen before that I neglected to watch before. I'm just sure. like, I need to watch them all. So. Did you watch Cure? Was I right? Was that the one I, I was thinking I, that's of? That's the one. That is the one you're thinking of. But that's I crazy. I, I only saw yet. like the last yeah, half of it. Weird, on yeah, I... But you guessed it. Yeah. But I, uh, yeah, I, I, that's on my list of ones to watch pretty soon here. So yeah. Well, yeah. And I've got a couple more that I'm re I'm mostly at the stage where I'm rewatching stuff that I got now because I've got like Fallen and things, which I remember being pretty creepy. It kind that of creepy, procedural, yeah. but there's there's I would call that horror because sure. it's a procedural. But like in the end of the day, it's like yeah. the devil or some demon yeah. is possessing right. people. You know, that that has horror, absolute, uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's one one I always think of, and it's it's uh, it's one of the least like horror-ish of any horror film, but I still 100% stand behind that it's one of the scariest movies I can ever remember seeing, especially in the theater. Was Event Horizon, mm-hmm. and it's 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 like a sci-fi film. There's a lot of other things you could say it is, but it's yeah. I watched it's that. It's literally just horror about about a year ago. And it's it's uh, uh, Paul W S Anderson's yeah. best film by far. Oh, that I oh can definitely. Think of, you know? Yeah, you kind of like. I mean, it's got the ridiculous '90s uh, credit song at the end. You know, like it's like some new metal or oh, right. not maybe not even. <laughs> but but you know you know you know what uh, struck me about it is is that it starts with a character having a nightmare. That's Sam Neill's character. And then he is sort of the main character for the first half or so. But then the way that the worm turns in the story, I mean, like you've seen it recently enough. I'm not kind of ruining it for you, am I? Uh, no. Okay. No. Is is that is that he ends up becoming the one that becomes the monster that's possessed. Right. You know, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like it's like right. to me, like the, like getting back at like the like something under the blanket kind of thing, when when this when the horror is the most effective is when it's like, in the, your reaches of your mind, you're like, okay, there's not a monster outside. And then you turn and then there is. Right. Uh, or, like, I'm so scared of something happening, but then, like, it happens to you. You know, like, the idea that, like, this character was frightened to death of, right. the, of something happening on this journey he was going on to, you know, the space station. 
and then he does become the one that becomes possessed, and then it's like, whoa, okay, how do you? Well, deal you know, with that? another thing that we didn't uh, talk about exorcists. Speaking of possession, yeah, movies, I mean, you know, yeah. like, that's another another one. another seminal one. But like, I think one of the things that makes horror films so endlessly interesting is that aside from the thing that makes them a horror film, they're almost always a mystery. Sure. Yeah. And just a straight up mystery movie is always interesting to me. You know, that's why detective movies are good. That's why serial killer movies are tend to be interesting or good. And most thrillers are mysteries, you know, like yeah. at, the, at the base, you know, you were talking about how many different types of stories there are earlier and kind of like, uh, who did the thing is like the most basic one. I mean, it's probably not, it, it's probably not Aristotelian or whatever, but it's like, you know, who did the thing? Yeah. Who did it, you know, or who's going to do it or who, or whatever. Like it's, you're just drawn to get to that answer. And many times it's like disappointing or whatever, but like, and it also makes it so that like, I mean, the M night Shyamalan films are like a mystery. The, the twist thing, notwithstanding they're mysteries. Like what is the answer to the whole right. puzzle and the rid- the riddle? And then after you've seen it once, it's just like, I don't need to see that again. Cause I got the answer. That said, you know, in terms of something being, uh, arresting and unsettling to me that I've gone back to multiple times is I really like the village. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen the village like five times and I go back to it. I've never rewatched six cents. No interest. I probably should at some point. I would kind of like to watch signs again. Cause I remember being very like that, that was kind of scary at the end of it. You're like, ah, it's kind of lame, you know? Yeah. Like, so I don't really need to see it again. Plus I know the answer, but I, I would like to watch again to see if it's still, you know, is able to be effective on me again, you know? It's just kind of hard to when it's, when you already know the answer. It know? is, and and so, like, then, like you said, it comes down to craft and all the other elements, and then just, are those set pieces effective? Something like The Thing, we all know the answer to a degree, but I guess The Thing does still sort of end on a mystery, so there's a strength to it there, because you could watch it and be like, is it Kurt Russell? Is it Keith David? Is it neither? Are they both going to die or is a helicopter going to show up or yeah. what? I mean, like you can watch it and kind of end with that in a couple different ways. Um, so in some ways, I mean, that's kind of the, the power of a good, a good story like that is that you, you throughout it, you're kind of maybe even though you, you engage in your own cognitive dissonance where it's like, I want that character to win and live and be happy. And you know, they're not going to because... <laughs> You know, just getting, even getting beyond horror, like, it's just, like, how drama works a lot of times, and maybe you think you'll get something more out of it, or see a, a different, different element right. there, but, yeah, there's definitely, definitely, I think, so, so you talk about being cheap, and I agree, but I think that the best new horror stuff has not, has been done maybe in an expensive way, but it's been done with great craft um yeah for sure. you know like something like mandy looks really good and, <laughs> I mean, and doesn't seem like it has a lot they're not like sci-fi movies relying on a bunch of horseshit bad cg because they're cheap the benefit of being a filmmaker now is that you have all the past generations to build on oh sure you know, the step guy who stands on the shoulder of giants reaches the highest you know it's that, that sort of thing not to say that they're lesser filmmakers than someone who came before them and in many cases they're such if they were, they would just be redoing stuff, and right. like it wouldn't hit as strong. But you can tell that they're masterfully taking the right things right. from all the lessons they've learned and things they've watched. And it's funny, you know, listening to the the podcasts by 
um, that, that, that talk to various young filmmakers, they are like exhaustive cinephiles in most cases. They're not just dudes who are like, I'm going to make a horror film and I have a great idea. Yeah. They are exhaustive cinephiles. They, they, they have devoured every genre and the most, you know, uh, archaic and arcane things in all the different genres and things. And they're, they're, they're passionate and so not necessarily well-spoken, but able to, yeah, able to speak on, you know, the, the thing to the greatest little detail. And it's kind of, that's kind of daunting if you, if you're thinking about, you know, getting into it yourself. Yeah, like but you, you, you got to like, know enough about I'm not, like, I'm not anything close to being a master of the subject, you know? Right. But, but, but you got to kind of, that's the game we all have to play in life is like, you know, Hey, there's always somebody better, but yeah. there's not, not somebody that's, that's you. It brings what you yeah. bring to the t- table. And you know what? There's something to be said for like, you know, I can give you a little pep talk. Why not? So there's something to be said for like not spending your whole life watching movies, you know. Hey, read a book, you know what I mean. So like, so like, like did the guy that did, I mean, the the people that made a lot of the great movies, like that we that we like, you know, the people making movies in the '60s and '70s and '80s or whatever, they were drawing most of their inspiration and most of their reference from literature, from books, or um, or from life in some mm-hmm. cases, as opposed to just you know. You know the Tarantino thing will work for a while, but Tarantino also knows books too. You know, like yeah, you know, you, you, yeah. so 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 you're right. You, there is a, about you know a sense of like, well, do you have a lot of stuff to know? But plus, who knows with these podcasts? I mean, these people could be preparing and be like, okay, well, I mean, like if we prepared for any one of our podcasts, you know, like we took some notes and like, okay, what are we going to talk about? We'll hit that and we'll do that. We could sound like we're very educated, you know, you know, it's one thing to be off the cuff for real. It's another thing to kind of go in with the PR stuff, all documented and figured out. We're going to hit these points and we're going to talk about that. And this is where I can demonstrate that. I know, you know, about howling three, the marsupials and like Mm -hmm. the, you know, Mm -hmm. Australian, Australia sort of, uh, you know, horror situation and it seemed like hey i guess i know that too you know i just sometimes forget how you know yeah great, everyone's great, not, everyone's not a brett ratner well, just not, being like hey yeah this is great right. i made but I mean, like i just sometimes forget how great movies are and i'll you know I've, I've always been into movies and i i never stop caring but there are times when it just becomes like i don't have time i don't, I don't sure. really need to right now i mean it'll it'll be weeks or sometimes even like months or whatever i feel like between just going purposefully watching something not not the rock coming on tv as i'm messing around the computer right to go seek out something you haven't seen especially it's always rewarding and even if it if it's just in some way that's instructive about things you don't want to watch again or whatever some sometimes but but it's tough these days too because there's they're cracking a lot of codes with the data mining you know where they can they can they can tell you you know what you're going to give this three stars and then you're like fuck you it sounds like a good premise maybe these kids did a good job with this movie they made on netflix yeah, and then you watch and you're like they were right it's a three star yeah. it's not that great <laughs> it was a waste of my time well that just... that just might be uh, the law of averages there because most sometimes things, yeah. most things are three star well movies, yeah but, but but i mean yeah. that's what i mean is it's like it's it's pretty hard to make something good down enough, right if off. It's, yeah if it's good enough to get made it's probably passable what's creating was a particular scream those almost don't feel like horror to me they're too um but i mean slashers yeah. are horror you know slashers sure. are horror so so sure that is its own type of thing but I don't know that I've ever found a slasher actually scary. Maybe when I was younger, bits of Jason movies were scary, like the second one when it's like the creepy, you know, like 
guy in the woods type stuff, that's scary, just because that is scary. <laughs> but I don't think of, of a Wes Craven movie in the same breath as a John Carpenter movie. Yeah, I don't know. Or one of those things on the list, like The Shining or Alien or something like that. Yeah, I... I, I, Something lesser about them, I don't know. Yeah, I don't... That might just be me. It's unfair to him, probably, but I feel like he he gets... It's unfair that maybe he gets as much talk as as he does. You know, like, yeah, the first Nightmare on Elm Street has an interesting premise, but when I watched it, I was like, this is kind of... I don't know. Meh. Um, I haven't seen Last House on the Left or Hills Have Eyes, and I don't know that I ever will, but, yeah. I mean, it's interesting on the, on the Omen special features, because there was a bunch of them. Um, there's, like, 20 minutes of Wes Craven just, like, like film school talking about, like, bits in the Omen, and, like, right. <laughs> and like you know, the, the use of the camera in the house and stuff. So, so like, I, I think... I don't know. He almost mentions like maybe he was a professor too, or something. Like mm-hmm. he might have taught some stuff because yeah, he talks I mean, about it. So many, you know, many filmmakers at one point or another become yeah. They get the, they get that teachers, sweet sweet yeah. payday. Yeah. Go work at AFI or USC and mm-hmm. you know make have a six figure job where you don't actually have to go do much work. Just have somebody grade papers for you and give a handful of lectures throughout the year. <laughs> That's kind of what happens in those. Yeah. Director's school classes. Well, here, here's another one. I was going to ask you this earlier. It, is it Firestarter or The Fury that De Palma did? Uh, De Palma is The Fury. Right. Um, and Carrie. But I don't know. Was Firestarter him too? I don't think so. I don't I, think I it don't was. But aren't they're like similar premises. Are they the same King story just adapted uh, by like different people? Because it's like, isn't that they both like a girl that's got like Firestarter I watched when I was young and I don't remember much about it. Yeah, I don't really um, either. The one I, I remember is Cat's Eye. That's the one I remember. Well, that's also Drew Barrymore. Right? Yeah. And, and Stevens, Stevens King's anthology the cat's eye firestarter film 84 mark lester okay mark Are you lester. To richard lester um uh, mark lester was i know that name he did uh oh commando there we go that's why i knew the name hey his next film after firestarter was commando that's Armed a... and Dangerous, Class of 99, Showdown, Little Tokyo. Oh, man. Oh, he's one of the best. i got to see that again. Uh, yeah, nothing ever as great as those those two films there. I mean, those are both absolutely seminal action films. Commando and... You had to bring that over. You own it, right? You have True, uh, True Lies and Showdown in Little Tokyo, right? I have Showdown in Little Tokyo. I have that. I thought is... you had True Lies on DVD. I might, I might have True Lies. I don't think I don't have Commando though. No, I have Commando on Blu-ray. Like, oh, if you yeah, talk and do to watch it again, do a trifecta. Night of the Running Man. Scott Glenn, Andrew McCarthy. Have you seen that one? No. That sounds pretty good. A direct to HBO movie. Oh, With Scott sounds, Glenn, maybe. Sounds good. Public Enemies. Looks like some soft core. It's <laughs> uh, Eric Roberts. Nice. He's the, the X. Double take. Misbegotten. I mean, he got into schlock pretty quickly. But yeah, uh, what what a peak! Firestarter Commando, Showdown, Little Tokyo. That is good. I have that. That's great. 
uh, Class of 99. You ever seen that? 1999? Isn't that one of those 1990 things? American science fiction, science fiction action fiction. Yeah, horror, yeah. horror I, think <laughs> I think I'm familiar with it in the oh, sense of... Oh, it's a follow-up to his controversial 82 film Class of 1984. I didn't even know. Oh, yeah. Oh, he made that before Firestarter. Well, there you go. Canadian-American action thriller crime film, it says. Have you seen any of the Larry Cohen stuff, like The Stuff? Or Q, The Winged Serpent? Uh, you know, I I saw bits and pieces of Q on TV, and I don't know if I ever watched The Stuff all the way through, but I've seen bits of it throughout right. my life. You know? Yeah, I haven't seen The Stuff, but there I've was seen this one. There's this one, there's this scene from, uh, what was it called? This I guess it's an Australian horror film. Um, I, somebody showed a, a gif of it on Twitter the other day, and I was like, what is that? And they told me the name of it, and I was like, wait a minute, like the name of, I forget what it was, but it's these two guys standing in this warehouse, and there's a light shining on them, and the guy looks really like, oh no, this is going to suck. And then this amazing effect of just these massive holes being blasted out of them, and their guts just billowing out in slow motion, like huge Oh my and gosh. I was like, "That's incredible!" And I forget what it was. Now. It wasn't like body melt because I just rewatched. No. I just watched that. That's Australian. It's That's something pretty, that has pretty weird. It's something that has the same name as another much more famous. Oh, movie. that'll that'll ruin you for days. That yeah, that gosh, when they do that, go back and try to look into that. 